Welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by FDM Thrive. We interview people who have dealt with the trickiest of health challenges, but eventually learn to get well and stay well naturally. Now it's time to hear from one of our detectives and learn how another health issue has been solved. We hope you enjoy the show. The medical train of thought is that that's not possible right now. Like our DNA is fixed. Like when we come in, this is it. That's all you had to deal with. But I'm of the thought process that, no, I don't think that's true. I think we can change our DNA because our DNA needs to be activated. And when we have the activation, it can change us. Like our brain. We have, we don't, we're not using all of our brain. It's the same thing. We're not using all of our DNA. We just have to write the right tools to activate it. So that's getting a little bit farther out there in my thought process field. I do, I do think that's going to be the next wave of DNA, I don't know, studies, so to speak. <laughs> what is going on, my friends? And welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by FDN Thrive. My name is Evan Transu, a.k.a. Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. We have with us Dr. Lulu Shimmick, and she is a naturopathic physician. And I love bringing these types of people on because Dr. Lulu actually doesn't necessarily have the craziest health story in the world. And of course, that's typically who we talk to on this show. But I think someone that has the ability to help people with these types of issues that maybe conventional treatments were not able to help, I think it's really worth bringing these types of people on. I also think one of my favorite parts of the podcast was her really getting a chance to shine light on what goes into naturopathic schooling because so often this is something that's written off as not a real doctor or it's something that anyone can get into and both of those things could really not be further from the truth so Dr. Lulu will kind of share some of that today but a little bit about her she is a naturopathic physician like I said and also an expert in genetic health and she works with patients experiencing chronic disease now this ranges from hormonal imbalances, adrenal fatigue, thyroid dysfunction, autoimmune disease, digestive disorders, a general toxicity, depression, anxiety, and more. She believes that once we dive deep down to the root of the problem of the distortion and ignite our body's innate ability to heal, we see unimaginable changes in our well-being. Now, not only does Dr. Shemek have a lot to say about health, I thought her theory about what can happen with genetics was really interesting, and we don't get to that until the end of the show. Basically, we kind of all have a familiarity with epigenetic expression, and in case you somehow don't, epigenetic expression is just this relatively new field of research that goes into the idea that our genes can be more or less activated, meaning that I might have a gene that is associated with a higher risk of a certain cancer or a certain autoimmune disease. However, if I make certain lifestyle changes or live in the right environment, it does not get expressed, and so I do not end up with that cancer or with that autoimmune disease. That is kind of how epigenetics works. Now, Dr. Lulu said something that I haven't heard before, and that's why I find it incredibly intriguing. She believes that there's actually a chance that we can change the genes themselves without Western medicine intervention through environmental changes and especially mindset stuff. And I don't want to preface this too much, but here's the thing, because that might sound far out. I always think about the placebo effect and what that's able to do and the fact that the placebo effect is profound enough that we actually have to match that up against new medications that come to market, right? They have to pass a placebo. Now, depending on the company that you are, you might just, you know, ignore the studies that show that your medication doesn't pass a placebo. That's totally never happened in the category of the SSRIs that are out there, but I digress. The point is, how cool would this be is we could change the genes and never really had to kind of change the genes with Western medicine. I think that sounds pretty cool. I think it is a theory, and Dr. Lulu recognizes that. It is just a theory at this time. But if we could do something like that, that is a step above the epigenetic expression conversation, and it opens up a whole, whole new world. And if people have cured or resolved terminal cancers, incurable, quote-unquote, autoimmune diseases from mindset and placebo effects, is there really a limit on what our mindset can't change in our biology and physiology? I don't know. I don't think really any of us know. But Dr. Lulu is studying the genes, and she is someone who seems to be a little more aware of this than the average person. Definitely check out her podcast, The Genetic Genius, because she talks about both of those things there. But anyway, I don't want to spoil too much of this. So without further ado, let's get to the episode. 
Hey guys, Detective Ev here once again and just wanted to thank Dr. Lulu for giving us a special discount to our listeners for her eight-week Adrenal Restart program. This is a program that will help you go from fatigue to fabulous. And these are her words, not mine, but I do guarantee it. Well, I kind of guarantee it, right? I can't really claim that. Anyway, you're going to want to go to doclulu.com slash adrenal dash fatigue. That's D-O-C-L-U-L-U dot com slash adrenal dash fatigue and this is a hundred dollars off for our listeners it expires march 27th of 2022 and the coupon code is health detective 22 that's health detective 22 at doclulu.com slash adrenal dash fatigue all right dr lulu thanks so much for being here with us today thanks for having me evan i'm so excited to be here and talk all about health yeah, these are, I love these podcasts because this is a nice little switch up. We bring on experts, as our audience knows a lot. Um, but in, you know, whatever it's going to be, 100-something episodes, we have had a lot more people, like, you know, tell their story, basically, of the health issues that they've been through. And then, yes, they might become professionals themselves, and that's wonderful. But I think it's amazing when we can get, like, truly credentialed people that are on this. They've been in the natural space for a while doing their thing. Um, so Dr. Lulu, as you guys heard in the bio, is a naturopathic physician. Um, and I just think that's awesome because that's – that's been around longer than the functional medicine category. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I am curious though, because for someone who didn't necessarily have uh, any major health crisis, what encouraged you to get into that? Because I, I find rarely does someone get into this work, especially the line of work that you're in by accident. Like I don't know any <laughs> five-year-olds that say I can't wait to be a naturopathic doctor yet. Right. Unfortunately. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, Evan, what led me on my journey, I think was like an, from my own self-discovery, I had, I was living in New York city and um, I kind of like was on the downside of the track, so to speak. I was really like burning myself out. So in one way I did, I didn't seek out naturopathic medicine. I sought out like, yoga, meditation, things like that. And that's, so I moved from New York to California. I lived at this yoga retreat center and totally like immersed myself in mindset. And then from there, I started learning all these different tools. I learned, I was um, a natural chef. I started my own catering business. I learned, uh, I was a yoga teacher. Then I learned um, how to be a massage therapist. So I started learning all these things basically to help others, like how yeah. I helped myself. <laughs> and then from there, I, um, started realizing I really wanted to dive deeper into helping people. I was like, this is not enough. <laughs> so then I started searching out some ideas and I uh, had seen Bastier just like, I don't know, in passing and like in an ad or in a magazine. This was before it was all over the internet. <laughs> right. And um, <laughs> I, my husband and I were going on our honeymoon and I said, can, can we go by to the school? <laughs> I just want to check it out. <laughs> and so we went and I like totally fell in love with it. And I was like, this is the place for me. So that's kind of how I started my journey. It was really about the more of that mindset piece. And that's how I work with patients a lot because I believe that's a lot how we discover the root cause of going on is that emotional aspect of our health. Yeah. I think I've greatly underestimated that even in my own healing journey, you know, um, and I'm working on a lot of stuff like that right now. I'm doing NLP with a coach. So I'm, I'm continuously trying to improve myself. I know so many people that listen to this are doing that, but that's not like looking back from what I've learned, I wouldn't take the emotional stuff as like a secondary thing anymore you know like that would have right. been up there with the primary stuff right yes you can't be eating mcdonald's every day but if you have a bunch of stuff that happened to you as a kid like or a stress that's going on in your life right now like a terrible relationship or whatever it might be you gotta work on that type of thing so that's mm -hmm. really cool that i mean it sounds like one of the primary drivers was just a genuine empathy for others and really wanting to support others so that's cool that's the type of person that should get into this now i um one of the things i love doing this podcast of course it's not the main point but I love to destigmatize a lot of the things that happen in the natural space because, of course, people, unfortunately, have maybe some preconceived notions about functional medicine or even natural medicine. Mm -hmm. So could you explain, it doesn't have to be a long thing, but like, <laughs> what does the education look like at Bastyr? Because people say, oh, that's not a real college. I know right. what it takes. <laughs> that is a real college, my friends. So um, let's give us a little background about what actually goes on there. Sure. Yeah. And and just as a side note, that was the most intensive thing that I've ever done in my entire life as far as schooling. And I've had over mm -hmm. almost like 15 years of schooling, um, you know, with my undergrad. And then I had to, I majored in interior design in my undergrad. 
undergrad in art school. So it was okay. totally different and you know, still the same kind of the brain, but used in a different way. But then I had to go back and do all my prereqs. So I have a lot of schooling. So fast year, just to answer your question, when we look at them kind of like neck and neck, like from, you put them side by side, uh, na- like an MD program and sure. a, and the naturopathic medical program. In the beginning, it's very similar. We do, you know, we have a cadaver lab. We have all of the um, phlebotomy. We have the or all of the science aspects. So that's really, I mean, we actually have more hours than an MD. Then when you wow. go into the aspects of like nutrition, we have a huge nutrition program, and then we have all these other modalities. So when it comes to learning, let's say we're learning about gynecology, for instance, we learn all the natural tools to help with wellness. Mm-hmm in that category instead of it just being like the science beast we learn both sides the pharmaceuticals and all the herbs all the nutraceuticals all the supplements everything for that specific condition so we can treat the root cause instead of just treating the symptoms and suppressing the symptoms so it's right. really it's much much more in depth when we go into our advanced work Okay, and that's, and that's a perfect explanation. I just really wish people understood that, you know, because mm-hmm. anyone that says that just has never even looked it up, and I get that. But they'll do like the right. same thing with chiropractic medicine. And to be fair, naturopathic, from my understanding, generally speaking, is intense. Um, in terms of the level of intensity, is way up there, like even compared to the chiropractic schools. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. hey guys, it's not a it's not a joke. People know quite a lot, and like you said, <laughs> you have to learn almost both sides because you can't just be prescribing some type of supplement or protocol without knowing. What is this person on medication-wise? Um, and that's one of the huge differences between like what you do and what our FDNs do. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but mm-hmm. I mean, we can't even have a conversation around the medication. That is a separate thing that you need your doctor for, whereas a naturopathic physician might actually, depending on the state, uh, be right. able to have those conversations. So I really enjoy that. So um, thank you for that explanation. How long ago was it that you uh, graduated and really got like started? Did you start with a normal practice, like brick and mortar type of thing? Um, I graduated in 2015 and, uh, okay. from Bastyr University in Seattle. And then my husband and I moved to North Carolina. I grew up in Atlanta in the South. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't like my like dream to move back here, but we <laughs> looked all over the United States. So we went on all these different trips, like feeling out. And I felt like I was most needed here, like because the people, one, like you said, they're not as knowledgeable about alternative health and medicine. And then I could also like really work with the foundations of naturopathic medicine, which is really like the basics, like the food, the water, the exercise, helping people with, you know, chronic conditions like diabetes, just, you know, the basics. And I felt like I was so needed in this area as opposed to where in the other states like, you know, California, Washington, Oregon, where I don't know. The natural medicine is a lot more like in the water, <laughs> so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's one of the reasons why we moved to this area. And I felt like in that way, I could really provide. Like we talked about at the beginning, I could help others that really need me. <laughs> right. And well, no, not only is that what you just said true. I mean, I think it's the opposite stereotype over here that like we know that the West Coast has more. And, and it's funny because depending on the person, they would consider it either natural or like hippie stuff, which is hilarious because this is <laughs> right. so <Granola>. technical <laughs> and science based at this point. Um, yeah. But yeah, you wouldn't know this. About me, I found FDN. I live in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. um, and at 21, I couldn't find anyone that would really help me uh, to the degree that I wanted to be helped in this area. So mm-hmm. I went out to California. I had no plan. I just went with my best friend, and we started going to these random health meetups because there was so many. There was like more in like a three mile radius of San Diego than in the entire state of Pennsylvania. It felt it's like so true. I yeah. grew up in uh, California as a child, and I just remember like we lived in this little cabin like up in the mountains, and there were like mushrooms growing up in the carpet. <laughs> My bedroom, like you know, just like it is that natural feeling, but it's also people they just like they thrive on it. It is a very different mentality. It's like California's its own state, its own nation. I mean, you know. (laughs) Yeah, no, I knew what you meant, and like, um, right. It's just anyone out there, even if they're not engaging with the natural stuff is still clearly aware of where to get it. I mean, I couldn't walk throughout uh, through San Diego without seeing another health food store or farmer's market, nature mm-hmm. path on this uh, corner, acupuncturist here. It was like, wow, like I loved going there. I just visited uh, recently with my girlfriend uh, for the second time ever. And I just felt so good to be back, especially considering it was December. So it feels really <laughs> right. good to be in San Diego. Yeah, totally good weather. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So that aside, 
Uh, just to be clear, yes. Yeah, so you were taking patients one-on-one in the office. Is that something that you still do? Oh, yeah. So, sorry, I Wonderful. lost track of that. Um, yeah, okay. so um, we moved to North Carolina, and um, I started my own practice, had a small practice, and then I opened a much larger clinic where I had 18 mm-hmm. practitioners and just all different wow. types of modalities. And then when COVID hit, I had to close the clinic because I, it, I just could, I couldn't keep it open. I mean, I written, you couldn't mm-hmm. see any patients, and all the practitioners were like, bye, you know. So I went uh, private solo again, and now I just function as seeing patients virtually all over the world in a telemedicine aspect cool. and then I and I do programs so I've moved into this program model where patients can come and they work with me and with other um, people in a healing atmosphere which I actually find is a much more like accelerated aspect of healing when you're in a group environment because you can relate and you can share so it's a, I actually am enjoying it so much more than I used to but yeah, yeah. now I'm working just one-on-one again which I love which is you know cool. it's <laughs> I'm just not doing the physical aspect of actually working and doing hands-on treatment like I used to Right. And, well, for, and for those that don't know, um, and I think this is probably more in-depth than I even realized, I know that naturopathic physicians, can't they do like certain types of chiropractic adjustments even? Is oh, that yeah. what you mean by the hands-on or is there other stuff? Yeah, we have a year of chiropractic training in our program. Wow. So it's called physical medicine. It's like one of our toolboxes. So we learn all about the body and how to uh, do adjustments and all the muscles and stretching. I mean, everything. Because that's a huge part of how we you know, work with patients. It's not only about, you know, labs and looking at things. We work with the body, the emotional body, the physical body, the spiritual body. Like it's all together. Mm-hmm. You can't separate them. <laughs> cool. All right. So I want to get into it a little more now. We got the background. I always love um, doing that. When you started working with people one-on-one, I know that you recognize the emotional thing and perhaps mm-hmm. that'll be the answer to this question. Mm-hmm. I'm curious though, if you were seeing any common patterns of like major issues that were going on because mm-hmm. a nature path is a lot different in a sense, um, business-wise than an FDN, because an FDN will be trained kind of to focus on one niche. Not that it, it's kind of ironic because we don't address anything specifically, right? <laughs> FDN is a modality made for everything non-specifically, but for business sake, you know, it's smart mm-hmm. to be like, okay, like I help people with sleep problems, so I'm going to kind of focus there. Whereas for a nature path, I mean, you can take all types of people and you're going to see all types of people. So was there a common theme that you were seeing? Is like everyone dealing with emotional stuff? Was everyone just eating super crappy? Um, especially like down south, I know just statistically speaking, it is a lot different even than mm-hmm. Pennsylvania, right? There mm-hmm. is going to be um, in certain areas more poverty and that is definitely associated with not as great eating. So what were mm-hmm. you, some of the main things that you were seeing that were problems for people? Yeah, you know, um, there's two parts of that answer. One is that I work a lot with patients with mental health conditions, with anxiety, stress, depression. And the reason, the second part of that is because not only I see that my private practice, but I also work at a farm called the Veterans Healing Farm, which is right outside Asheville. And I run the botanical garden, the medicinal garden there where I work with herbs. And then I see I have a we have a clinic there at the farm that I run, and it's free health care for the veterans. So I work with a veteran community, and in that aspect, I'm seeing a lot of patients with PTSD. So I saw through my practice as I continue to grow, and we all evolve as we get out you know, in the world and working as doctors, but I found that that was really a place where I – joy helping people is like discovering their newfound like joy like releasing that depression how to deal with stress and a lot of my patients have fatigue i work with adrenal fatigue like that's probably number one and that's from the hormonal aspect but everybody wants to have her more energy it's like yeah. oh yeah you know i want to be able to do the thing so what's holding them back from that and that's a lot about that emotional piece so i think that's what i discovered is that I think stress is like one of, is the root cause <laughs> of so many conditions. And especially since the pandemic, I've seen that accelerate like 100% in my practice. It's, it's interesting that you bring up the mental health thing because even outside of FDN and stuff, one of the reasons I got into this was the mental health aspect. And now I do some stuff in schools with kids that has, it doesn't have anything to do with natural. It's not that I won't mention it, but you know, a sixth grader might not necessarily be able to receive that message at the time. Like, what are they supposed to do? Like, mom and dad, I need to go eat organic or like change my diet around. It's not um, quite there yet. So it's more to me like just making sure they're asking for help because a lot of kids will keep this in silence. A lot of adults will keep it in silence. Let's be Mm -hmm. honest, right? Right. Um, But I just think that's amazing that that's one of the kind of things that you were seeing and helping people with. So Mm -hmm. do you... Did you find that changing certain dietary stuff was consistently successful for these types of people? Because I'm always willing to talk about anything that helps people suffering with mental health issues, or was it more the emotional stuff for them? Because I know that you kind of already alluded to that part. 
Yeah, you know, I think it's a, it's, there's all parts of those connected. So there's a lot of different foods that can activate the tr- neurotransmitters. Um, mm-hmm. And so I work a lot with patients with looking at that nutritional plan or that dietary aspect, what types of foods are in there that are going to be activating the brain, what type of signals are they sending to the gut-brain connection, you know, that is a big piece. And then also that emotional piece and helping them dive deep into in, uh, self reflection right and so i have like like my own your own power program that really dives deep into speaking your own power especially women uh, with the thyroid and how do we communicate have we been able to express our truth how do we communicate with our loved ones and when we don't express ourselves then that causes us to be in a disease state because we're not living our truth and living Mm -hmm. from that you know that place of health that we want to be so it's really they go hand in hand i think that I love food. As I mentioned earlier, I, I'm a, like a, a health chef and I w- had my own business. And so I love teaching people about food because it's like people have lost the will and love for cooking. It's like they right. want to go buy something that's already made off the shelf. So teaching them about even the simple things like, yeah, when you eat, eat this food, it actually activates this different part of your body and cell. It gives your mm. brain, you know, food and energy and it can help you feel better. Right. Okay. I, it's, I was wondering why, uh, how the diet and emotional stuff might connect because this is what mm-hmm. basically happened to me. I had a really good life growing up for the most part, right? Nothing to complain about. And I don't even mean to underplay it. It's just like, no, objectively speaking, it was pretty damn good. And yet I had these severe mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And so we now know, looking back, that a lot of my mental and physical health issues were from the mental health stuff and all this, or sorry, uh, from the dietary things and just, you know, my mom was sick when she was a kid and no one caught this wheat sensitivity, eating like crap. Mm-hmm. I'm a skinny guy, so we thought I could eat whatever I wanted, basically, <laughs> and it wasn't a huge deal. Um, and that's not to imply, like, a negligence. Like, my parents made sure I had the normal meals, but since I didn't gain weight, it was like, oh, well, he can also eat your candy and stuff. My parents didn't know anything about this, and this was <laughs> 20-something years ago at this point. But um, the thing that was happening to me during the pandemic is that I started getting, like, skin stuff again, and I really don't get acne anymore, but, like, lately I've been getting some. And that's why I started with this NLP coach a couple of weeks ago, because I said, what's going on here? I- I'm mm-hmm. doing the same things I was always doing. Like, this was always working. And what she kind of concluded already, because, again, we're pretty um, new into the work, but she was saying, you know what, I've, I think just hearing what you're saying this pandemic, the, the tough emotions with this and what's happening, this is kind of re-triggering a lot of mm-hmm. this stuff that came up for you in childhood and in the middle school years. And so, yeah, you're doing all the right things biochemically. You're keeping all your same ev habits. In fact, you're doing stricter than ever before, but the emotional stuff's coming up. And I just, I don't think I'm someone who's naturally good at recognizing that. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm learning to be. And I just had this realization moment. It's kind of hilarious because you think you would notice this about yourself. I'm like, <laughs> I am so stressed just about the state of the world. Um, it's not like my job's not great and the things that I'm doing aren't great, but it bothers me what's going on. I'm right. scared, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah. I'm a younger guy. I'm like, what is the world going to look like in four or five years? Am I right. going to be able to have kids in this world, right? Mm-hmm. Is my family going to be safe? And we don't realize, I think, all the time that we're taking that on. So let's say... There's one person out there like me that's kind of relating to this last year. You're and not a half. the only one. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, what, where would you even start? Is there a general tip that you can give someone for that type of thing? Right. Well, first, I always start with doing a baseline testing, just like the basics, just, you know, a CBC panel, a wellness panel, things like that. Then I want to see what's going on, if there's anything right off the bat that I notice. Then I'll usually do some functional medicine testing on top of that, seeing how the cells are functioning. And then uh, I work with genetics. So I will do some genetic testing to see if there's a specific, like maybe there is a part of the body that's not functioning well as, as far as the genetics go, that we can look at that nutrition in a deeper way because there's a lot of genes that relate to the emotional aspect of the body. And when we look at the genetics, we can see, you know, is there specific foods that are better for us or not as good for us? Or is there specific exercises or mindset? You know, some people, it it, it will say like in a genetic report, with your genetic makeup, uh, if you're doing this type of meditation, it will really help for your self-care or something like that. You know, and so I think that it's really multi-layered when we look at that peace when it comes to stress, but we need to really, you know, it can be also very simple. Like you said, you know, you're like, okay, yeah, I feel I'm feeling the stress of the pandemic. Well, let's just look at some basics of how you handle stress how you can manage stress, and that can be just as simple as doing breathing exercises. So it doesn't have to be, like, as complicated as I just mentioned, but sometimes if somebody's really in a deep state of stress and they are having a chronic disease, then I'll go down that road diving deeper. But, you know, we can just start with the foundations of health, and that really can shift things just tremendously in the very beginning. 
Yeah, and certainly I would say um, even if we don't have to get to the complicated stuff right away. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I guess I should put word it this way. You always want to start with the basics before right. we start getting to exactly. The don't go like stuff, dive yeah. deep down to the crazy road, right? Because that can it can be yeah. expensive if you're also doing that way with a lot of tests that uh, insurance doesn't cover. Cover. So of course I want to. Uh, start at those basic levels, do the foundations of health, which most people can see a big shift in that. As soon as patients start to see me in my practice for the first uh, visit, which is two visits, I start them immediately on my three-week detox program, and okay. that's how they start. They start eliminating all of those trigger foods and start mm-hmm. bringing in foods that really start to nourish and nurture their body. And then if there's the mental health, health piece that's going along, say they're having a lot of anxiety, then I'll say, okay, let's bring in this other mindset piece. Let's put you on my five set my five-week mindset program because then that helps them to really dive in okay meditation thinking about things identifying stress how do they deal with anxiety how are they sleeping like those foundations are so key yeah and we'll definitely mention those uh programs at the end for everyone just so that we're all clear on that but one thing i really wanted to talk to you about today was the genetic aspect because mm-hmm. i know that's important for you mm-hmm. um judging by your podcast name and just <laughs> want to shout that out real quick for everyone where they can find that yeah that's the genetic genius so, yeah, I, I interview people all about different aspects of it. It's not just about DNA and the genetics, but I, I think there's a lot of different things we're learning. What to, we're really on the surface when it comes to learning about genetics. And so my podcast kind of like dives deeper into things that people don't always think about. <laughs> cool. Well, and yeah, obviously, again, I, I could have waited till the end, but if I'm going to mention it, I want to make sure it's shouted out now. I thought, yeah, no and worries. it's a good name, too. It's kind yeah. of a catchy name. Thank you. <laughs> um, but the, the thing is with that, I wanted to bring that up today because we haven't really. Um, it's amazing. Like, I, I thought when I started doing this podcast for FDN, I'm like, oh, we're going to run out of things to say. And it's like, you're, <laughs> you're out of your mind. Like, you, when you live in our bubble that we live in, you forget how much knowledge and you're accumulating right. over the years. Like, no, we'll never run out of things. To no, say. yeah, I um, mean, it's ever expanding. <laughs> so, yeah, no one's ever really come on here um, other than Dr. Uh, Dr. Courtney Hunt. She was episode number 90. You guys can check that out. And that wasn't the full thing, though. She was talking about genetics to some degree. Mm-hmm. But I'd love to spend, like, kind of the remainder of the time really sure. touching on this. Mm-hmm. And you said something so important already. Like, we're just in the beginning. It's kind of in the infancy discovering this stuff. Yeah. But it has validity. Right. And I see a lot of like old school practitioners, they kind of dismiss it completely because at a time we really shouldn't have uh, maybe been using it or trusting it 100%. But right. I know for myself, I, I sometimes utilize these tests. I've seen how well this can work. So mm-hmm. from your perspective, how is this used? And I think one of the biggest things that'd be confusing even to a consumer in the functional health space would be like, well, a genetic thing, like, isn't that something that they would catch at birth? Because mm. we're kind of talking about a different type of genetic right. thing here. So break yeah. it down. Give us the rundown. Sure. Yeah. So let's talk about um, the types of different testing. So there's like two categories that your listeners might be familiar with. One is like the ancestral DNA test, right? Mm-hmm. And that's going to test like all the DNA where you could be connected to people all over the different parts of the world, right? That's a different category. We're talking about the actual cellular makeup, your genetic mm-hmm. pattern. And there's tons of different sniffs as part of those genet- that genetic makeup. I mean, when we do the code, it's like sheets and sheets and sheets and sheets of different yeah. genetic numbers. So when we're looking at the DNA, at that genetic code, what it gives us a map to, it gives us a blueprint of our body and allows us to see deeper into it from that prevention standpoint. It allows us to see, like I mentioned, different things, different components how our body responds to different vitamins and minerals. Really important because when we're taking the supplement, we want to know it's working. (laughs) We want to know it's the right one. Otherwise, we're just flushing it right down the toilet. So that's one thing I think is really I love about uh, genetic testing is that we can really dive deep into seeing that. And the nutrition. So there's are there specific foods like caffeine, for instance, that you are a slow metabolizer or you're a fast metabolizer. So there's specific foods that will tell you like um, the way different – diets that are nutritional plans that are actually better for your metabolism, which is really important if I have a patient, for example, that like, no matter what I do, I can't lose weight. You know, that's very common. I work with a lot of women in that, in that kind of like age group where they're kind of like stuck in that. And I went, well, let's do genetic testing and see if there's some genes that are out of alignment with your body, so to speak, that we can shift and help you to actually lose weight. Um, And then there's the exercise perspective. So, you know, is hardcore cardio good for you or maybe you need more uh, uh 
weight resistance. Maybe you need more relaxing things, you know. So I think it's really important because it gives people this like inside blueprint. They can actually like feel empowered. And that's what I love about working with genetics because it's not, it's totally science-based. And we're learning more and more and more about it. Like there's new evidence coming about all the time. And, you know, another like side note is that if you don't, um, some people are afraid to have their genetic work done. They're like, oh my gosh, everybody's going to know about me. It's going to be posted all over the internet. They're going to use my data. I'm like, well, one, you can tell them you don't want that to happen. And two, they have this, like, they can't. It's, <laughs> it's against the law to use that data if you don't want them to, right? And so if right. you want to let them use it for studying and testing, that's great. They can use that. But, you know, so if you're afraid, if you're listening out there and you're worried, like, okay, well, they're going to take my data and everybody's going to know what I'm like. I'm like, well, no, that's not so true. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it can really help you to see it empowers patients. It really helps them to discover a new way of health. And it's this new age of health that we're moving into. I think, as you know, you've been in it for a little while yourself. Yeah. We're moving yeah. this whole state of prevention and wellness. We're moving out of the disease state and working through the genetics allows us to see that. It allows us to see like, you know, and the other part of genetics is people sometimes are worried, well, it's going to say like, um, you're you're more prone to XYZ, maybe celiac disease, for instance. That doesn't mean necessarily that that's going to happen for you. What that means is that from a prevention standpoint, maybe you need to be more aware of the gluten that you're eating. Maybe you need to be more aware of your thyroid, how those um, organs are relating to each other. So it empowers us with information to have a better health plan moving forward and for longevity to have this amazing yeah. life, the healthiest that we can be. Right. And I think, yeah, it's a slow shift, but um, society is moving towards this idea like, wow, like preventative medicine. What a concept. Right. right? Oh, my God. Um, like it's, <laughs> yeah. Instead of waiting until the person is actually full out in a diseased state, um, you know, we can actually do stuff proactively. And mm-hmm. then, of course, many people find this, let's be honest, not even because of that, just because the conventional medicine way couldn't really figure their stuff out. That's right. typically how it goes on the Health Detective podcast. And I say this every episode that we mention Western medicine. Guys, no one here is against that by any means. We have conventional doctors come on literally all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing is, it's a system was that, that was created for specific things. And we are seeing new things in today's world where it, just, right. it doesn't work. You know, the, And if the doctors can't figure out a diagnosis for it, there's nothing they can really do treatment-wise because right. that's what they're trained to do. Yeah, their toolbox is so, so small and limited. Like it's right. Really limited. Like they only get, I think, 20 hours of nutrition at the most. Like that. Mm-hmm. That's even. Uh, that's in ones that study more. Sometimes it's even less. Like just like one class. So that's not yeah. enough to help someone. Like if somebody is coming to see me with PCOS, I, I always want to look and see what their nutrition is and, t- and do lab testing. And I'm like, you didn't have this done with all the other doctors that you saw. How is that possible? You know. And yeah. so it's because their toolbox is so limited. Not to say we don't need that type of medicine, but I think it's a yeah. limiting us as a world, as a population, to have the best health that we can be when the education is not there to support the people and all the different modalities around that can help. Yeah, and that's the kind of objective view that we're always striving to have because, guys, yeah, in the early 1800s when infant mortality, even in America, was like 50%, when, you know, people are dying of like very – easy to treat bacteria and stuff now yeah no western medicine kicks ass like right, exactly. it's a great thing that we have <laughs> we to, but yeah but the thing is our the advancements of our society not even just in western medicine i'm talking everything just tech you know the right. advancements in food you know it's not really an advancement if it's hurting us right? Um, right but that's bringing up a new set of problems for human beings that western medicine was just not originally designed for and again this is what when we keep saying the tool belt thing what we mean is there is um, legal balance to what a doctor's allowed to do. You know, they, mm-hmm. they can only help you really with medication if there's certain diagnoses made. Well, guess what, guys? There's legal balance to those diagnoses. I can't just decide that someone has depression because that's what right. I feel like saying. That's right. illegal. You know, there's a right. problem with that. Um, so it is kind of nice when we can use genetics or other functional testing uh, to kind of get that big picture view or mm-hmm. figure out what else is going on. Um, and just one thing, I know it, it's simple for you, but I know some people probably wouldn't have heard of this on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Genetic SNPs. What does the SNP thing stand for? Because that's what the acronym is. Right. Yeah, exactly. So you could think of your cell, right? And within that cell, you have a lot of, you have the DNA within the cell, right? And we have a code within that DNA. So within that code, when we have a SNP, it's like a genetic variation or mutation of that genetic code. And so when we look at, for let's say, for example, I was looking at a sleep report 
And I, so I'll do different reports, whether that's sleep, hormones, um, hair loss. So showing the genetic SNPs. So it'll show me if there are specific SNPs, so that mutation that's related to that category that then can show if there's a propensity for something to be out of alignment. Does that make sense? So let's say, Absolutely. for instance, um, mental health is a great one to look at. So I'll look at a mental health report. Say someone's having a lot of anxiety, um, and the MTHFR gene will come up in that. Mm-hmm. And so that gene specifically, that's I think that's one people talk about a lot, so it's easy to talk about because they're like, oh, yeah, I've heard that word. <laughs> so that gene specifically is all about methylation. And when we have a reaction in our body to go from A to B, we need to have something in between that, right? And so a methyl group, so in in organic chemistry, methyl group is added onto a molecule to go from A to B. And so when we have that mutation, basically that enzymatic reaction stops. It doesn't finish its complete process. So that can be really detrimental to the body. So most of the time with MTHFR, we see it with the cardiovascular system, and the neurological system. So if somebody's having either one of those things, and as I mentioned, anxiety is in that neurological piece, I'll always look at the MTHFR gene to see if there's a mutation um, and whether that's the homozygous or heterozygous mutation, and then to see what we need to do to help with that methylation process. So looking at the gene, so the SNPs allow us to see what that mutation is and how we can help the body to better deal with that mutation. And I'm under the thought process. Now, this is kind of getting like out more out there on the thought field. I'm like getting out there. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. um, that our DNA is fixable, changeable, and repairable. Now, you know, the medical train of thought is that that's not possible right now. Like our DNA is fixed. Like when we come in, this is it. That's all you have to deal with. But I'm of the thought process that, no, I don't think that's true. I think we can change our DNA because our DNA needs to be activated and when we have the activation, it can change us. Like our brain. We have, we don't, we're not using all of our brains. It's the same thing. We're not using all of our DNA. We just have to write the right tools to activate it. So that's getting a little bit farther out there in my thought process field. But I do, I do think that's going to be the next wave of DNA, um, I don't know, studies, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm actually really fascinated by that point because is that, different than the theory of like an epigenetic expression? Are you saying something outside of just a gene? Right. It sounds like you are. Yeah. yeah. So the epigenetics, so to explain what that is, that's Mm -hmm. everything in our outside environment that changes our DNA. Right. And so, but that's not changing like our genetic code, our actual DNA code. So when we're born, we have this specific DNA code, right? This is our code. It's different from Johnny to Susie to like down the line or even a twin, right? We have a different genetic code. So I'm saying that if we have the right tools, whether that's through meditation, food, uh, supplementation, I think that genetic code can be shifted so that we're a higher evolved being. <laughs> wow. Awesome. Okay. And hey, here's the thing. This is what's so, because I've been involved in, I mean, the health space for about eight years now, and you see new science coming out. It's coming out more rapidly than ever before, just because we have more resources as a world, right? Um, all these different things. There's the internet. If it gets shared quicker, stuff like that. <laughs> right. Um, it's humbling being involved in this space because, mm-hmm. you know, you really did make the best decision that you could at a given time. And then more information comes out or another study comes out. You're just like, wow, that was not optimal really at all. Um, or at the, at the very least, it was like a half truth. And you realize there's this whole other side to this. And so mm-hmm. um, I don't think conceptually it's far out to say what you're saying <laughs> right. because we, we are we're humbled all the time in science, right? right. Um, I actually – I don't know that I've heard that specific thing, though. It, I haven't heard it without the Western medicine intervention. I've right. heard of this new technology that's coming out. China is doing this with certain babies, I believe, right now, which is mm-hmm. – well, that's a separate podcast, I right. whether you, we <laughs> yeah. agree with the ethics of that. But um, right. you're saying that this could, in theory, be done without literally going in and genetically modifying a baby because that went so well when we did it with food. Right. Yeah. No, I don't. I'm not <laughs> talking about that particular <laughs> modification for sure. You know, I just think that we as spiritual and physical, emotional beings, that we have a mm-hmm. lot more potential. And I think that we're on the cusp of learning what that potential is. And those tools are right on the edge of us discovering it. That's what I, does that make sense? <laughs> and uh, like it absolutely does. Like we've learned from genetics, like we didn't know 10 years ago, or even like last year, that the gene- when we have a genetic profile done, it can prevent so many things from happening. Like maybe someone that spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of testing. And they're like, oh, let's just do a genetic test. And we can see these particular vitamins that could have helped you in a particular way. And you're like, oh. 
well, look at all that money I could have saved. So I'm just saying an example, like now we're at this place. Well, maybe in another five years, we're going to be like, oh, well, look at these things that could have activate your DNA to shift you into this new place. And I agree. And so does the founder of FDN, because Reed Davis always says, you know, he's like, he knows that at one point it's not going to be a bunch of labs, you know, like you're going right. to be able to go in and just basically do one simple thing. Who knows if it's going to be blood, saliva, so it doesn't really matter. Right. Right. Um, it'll be one simple thing. And we'll be able to basically tell you every little thing that you could ever need to know. Like we're going to get there. It's oh, just yeah. when. Is Maybe we have movies five? about it. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, if it's a thought process, you know it's going to be. It's in the thought process. In the world, like a you know where they put you in the machine and then it scans you and then they can see. It's like a Star Trek, right? So you could yeah. that that technology is not that far around the corner. I know it. I can see it. <laughs> but right. Well, and that's the thing. Yeah. It's like because I I'm a I think we're on a very similar wavelength here. We're like I do believe that human beings are capable of just about anything. Um, mm-hmm. I think we've been given just enough. Um, consciousness wise and resource wise to figure this out. Just take some time, right? right? But like, this isn't even that far out. We already know that we have labs that can help people. We right. talk to people all the time <laughs> on this show that resolve health issues. So all that means is this is going to get even more concentrated and more accurate over right. time. And even the genetic stuff is having such a profound effect on people. And we only have, this is, I think this is what's tough for people to understand. Like, even myself sometimes, like there's only so many well-studied genetic SNPs right now, right. and we're going to keep learning more and more. Oh, yeah. And these are so helpful already. I mean, right. you know, what happens when we have you know thousands of these that we can run for cheap and an affordable price, exactly. and people can get it all checked out, and we know how to actually make an educated decision with that. Right, yeah. When uh, 23andMe first came out and they were doing the genetic testing, I mean, it was just a very, very limited amount of that they were even looking at. Like I said, when the, co- the code that we look at is pages and pages, and I'll give it to patients, they're like, well, I have no clue what any of this means. And that's another important thing. If you are going to be doing testing, I really recommend that you're working with a practitioner or with a company that can help you analyze it because it's very complicated. It's not just like, you know, you can, you can understand it, and you want to be able to really use that information in a way that's empowering to you, not just like have that information and put it over in your file cabinet that you never look at. Yeah. <laughs> well, and as someone like yourself who obviously has the ability to analyze it, this is when I would definitely like to uh, – it seems like you offer a lot, so I'd love to transition the conversation a little bit. Um, and before we even talk about necessarily what it is you're offering, I think it's important to ask this question because this matters to me and it matters to uh, the audience for sure. Mm-hmm. Who is the ideal type of person? Like what characteristics do they have? Whether it's maybe a health issue, whether it's maybe a personality trait that would come to work with you because I think that – we, we get to talk to so many people on here that I'd rather everyone get a little piece of the pie. You know what I mean? This isn't right. about one person getting a ton. No. It's like some people are going to be great for you and others are going to need an, mm-hmm. another person that we've had on. So who's your ideal client? Right. Yeah. So my ideal person, I work with women mainly because I, unfortunately, they're the ones that are seeking out more health. And I think that's shifting. Like I said, too, a lot of things are shifting. But I mainly work with women who are stuck in I would say like an energy depletion. They're so fatigued and they can't figure out what's going on with their body, whether that's hormones, thyroid, adrenals, gut. Those are the main things that I work with and mindset, that health piece we talked about with stress and anxiety. So that's the ideal person that's coming to see me is that they're in this place. They're so tired. They've seen a bunch of other people and they don't know what the hell's going on and they need yeah. to someone to dive deeper and really look at it and I really help people I, I'm not the I'm if someone's coming to see me I'm not a hand holder <laughs> I but what person needs to really be stepping forward and want to do the work because if they're not going right. to do the work I'm definitely not a good fit because I challenge people one I challenge them emotionally Two, I challenge them physically. And three, I'm going to make them do the work, whether that's journaling, meditation, because the only way you can shift and move your health forward is if you take control. Yeah. And, you know, I love that you mentioned that because I, and I hope people take it to heart because there's a huge difference. I, I think we all, this is my theory, at least from having worked with individuals or just seeing tons of individuals over the last eight years. There's a difference between consulting and coaching. And there's also a difference between like, what I might need coaching for versus consulting for. I never really needed coaching for the eating stuff. Mm-hmm. I was very dedicated to that. I wanted to be told what to do. But I just said in this podcast alone, I have an NLP coach right now, right? Mm-hmm. That's because Evan Transu is not so good at doing consulting work for emotional stuff, right? <laughs> I kind of find a way to make the excuse or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, guys. We're, I don't think anyone out there is so tough-minded, maybe a few you know, superstars, but so tough-minded as to be able to apply 
advice that's given to them instantly in every single category no. of our lives. Some are going to be <laughs> right. easier than not, you know? Yeah, exactly. And so I, you just have to know yourself. Right. I know for me, I need a coach with the emotional stuff. I can't just, I need some handholding. I need someone right. to hop on a call with me every week and kind of uh, give me a nice message or have access to them all mm-hmm. the time. It helps. Um, but for other things, that's not the case. And for many people, yeah, they're at the end of their line. They already have done so much work that, yeah, so they just want right. to know, what can I do? What's intelligent? Please help me. Um, that would be great. And yeah. so if that sounds like... if you know, what Dr. Lulu said resonates with you at all. And you're like, you know what? No, I am someone that's ready to kind of just do the work and I just need to know what to do. What is everything that you offer? Let's go through all that stuff. <laughs> well, I think that's you're like, a lot. I, got quite a bit. I don't know if we have quite enough time for that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but I think if we're talking about specifically, let's, I'll just talk about my niches, so to speak. So sure, one, that, yeah. yeah. So one, I work with hormones. I help women really rediscover what's going, what the heck's going on with their hormones, right? Like why, especially in that stage, perimenopause and menopause or cycling and fertility. Those are like my, like go-tos where I help women with that. And then thyroid, I work with tons of patients with thyroid because what I find is when they come and see me, they haven't had the proper testing done. They haven't looked at the nutrition and they don't have the tools to help their thyroid function. And so many women are put on medication to depress and suppress the thyroid. It's unbelievable. I think we're in a huge epidemic for that. And so I work with patients, women, to help get off of that medication, to help them move into place of natural substitution, and then help their thyroid be functioning amazing. Um, Three, I work with genetics and genetic detox, so I help patients clean out that system. The toxins around us help the body to function fully and in an amazing environment. Um, um, a gut. <laughs> what is yeah. the other one? So I work with tons it, of it yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah, gut restoration is my other like big go-to. So I work with patients on that gut-brain connection because people have tuned out. They've cut their head off. They don't know what's going on. So I work with IBS, constipation, diarrhea, those types of things. Leaky gut, especially because it's all connected to the adrenal system. So that kind of sums it up in my little niches, so to speak. So I'm really helping. Cool. From that hormonal perspective, helping to recharge the body, helping to ignite that system within patients. And those are the patients that seek me out. (laughs) Okay. And I know that, you know, it probably is a little different for everyone. But generally speaking, I think people like to know, like, they want to have an idea of what's going to happen. If I do contact (laughs) Dr. Lou, like, how does this actually work? So what what would a, let's say I come to you, um, I'm a woman with the thyroid issues. And Mm -hmm. yes, I'm I'm on Synthroid or whatever, right? Right. How is this probably going to go? Right, exactly. So I have uh, my first office visit is two hours. And I separate it because it's exhausting. I found for patients to be with me for that long because I'm so intense <laughs> and in a good way, but asking so many questions, right? I love diving deep in. So the first one where we're like getting all the data together, gathering it together, seeing how that's going to work. And then we'll, most of the time, especially if it's thyroid, I'll do some more extensive testing. So then we do the testing, we get the results. Then on that second visit, we analyze those results together as a team, figure out that plan together, and then move forward, whether it's seeing me more extensively one-on-one or in a program. And in that in-between, between time, like I mentioned, I put them on a detox program. So over those weeks between, because it usually takes a couple weeks to get functional medicine lab work back, then they're mm-hmm. detoxing. Yeah. So they're already starting to feel better. They're like, oh, <laughs> you know, lots of times people forget what was happening in their body. They're like, oh, I forgot I had diarrhea. Well, maybe not diarrhea. Well, I, for- <laughs> I forgot I had something. <laughs> I know what you mean, though. You're right. <laughs> yeah, they You're forget. Right. So that first initial visit really allows me also the time to go back like a year later and say like, hey, remember when you had this, 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 all this? is gone you know so um that's what that first visit looks like and then we create an amazing plan together to help them actually feel better what would that look like (laughs) that's a i mean i there's so many points there i could focus on right and i know that we're (laughs) limited on time but I, i do like to bring this stuff up because i always tell people that healing takes time and someone would sometimes like maybe wonder how could you possibly not notice that all these things are gone? It's like, guys, it's the same way that you didn't really notice it creeping up. You know, it exactly. does. It takes a while, generally speaking, to get sick. Um, it takes much less time to get well when you're working with the right person. But right. it's still it's not overnight. If it was overnight, that would be amazing. But we're just not there yet. Yeah. Um, it's going to take the time for the body to heal a little bit. And so, yeah, you kind of forget sometimes how bad you did feel. And I know I, I try to constantly be in a state of gratitude for that. And I remember mm-hmm. like wow, dude, like at 18, you really could barely even work 30 hours a week. You're, you were 18, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you couldn't handle that. And now, not that I recommend it, but I'm passionate. <laughs> I can put in 60, 70 hours a week if I want to. And it doesn't even feel like work. So that's another aspect I should mention. But 
the fact that I can handle that energy-wise eight years later, it's like I should be getting worse. That's what society would tell me at least. Right. But I'm actually getting better because I'm, I'm getting even healthier. So it's yeah, cool. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and before we shout out where people can find you, I definitely wanted to shout out the book as well. So let's talk about that real quick. Yeah. And yeah, this is a thick book, guys. This, yeah, right. I wrote a book. Um, it ain't like that. <laughs> right. So let's talk about yeah. what this is about and who it's for. Yeah. So this book is called Detox, Nourish, and Activate. And the first lead... Three letters are DNA, so it's all about the DNA, (laughs) Um, and it's plant and vibrational medicine for energy, mood, and love. So those three subjects are energy, the adrenal system, mood, the brain and nervous system, and love, the cardiovascular system. So the book goes into those three specific modalities using interventions, herbs, aromatherapy, crystals, meditation, mantras, affirmations, all those things to help activate the body detox the body and nourish the body on those three systems. And those are all connected. Those are the main ones that the co-author and I decided that the book should address because everybody's wanting to shift and change their brain and how their nervous system communicates and the heart. We need to open the heart and then the energy from the adrenal system. So the book is really for someone who's ready to take things to the next level and feels stuck in where they're at and wants to make change because we guide you through the whole book. It's got um, how's the abundance in your life? How's your how's your grief? How's your energy? How's your trauma? How's your family tree? I mean, it really goes deep into um, all the aspects of physical, emotional, spiritual aspects of the body. Amazing. All right, cool. Well, where can people find you if they're like, hey, I want to work with her or at least buy the book or check out the podcast? Where would be the best place for them to go? Sure. Yeah. Well, Instagram is a great way. And that's Dr. Lulu Shemek, S-H-I-M-E-K, because on that you can tap my bio and everything is on there. So that's a really easy way to find me. But you can also go to my website, which is dot com Doc Lulu, like what's up, Doc? And everything nice. is there too. So it's got programs and I have lots of free stuff because I empower my patients to take charge of their own health. So there's webinars and guides, things to help you really focus and feel good about yourself. Cool. Mm-hmm. I, well, that time flew by, but I want to finish <laughs> up with one more thing. And this is the signature question on the Health Detective Podcast. And I know I always have to word this correctly because any good um, functional or natural <laughs> practitioner knows that there's bio-individuality out there, right? Um, so with that said, if Dr. Lulu got a magic wand, we gave you one, and you could get every single pers- <laughs> person in this world to do one thing for their health or get them to stop doing one thing, what's the one thing you'd get them to do? Meditation, hands down. No, there's no other thing that can shift your life as much as meditation because you're really going inward, listening to yourself, discovering about yourself, and calming the entire body. When we're in that place of rest and peace, we can see unimaginable change. All right, Dr. Lulu, thanks so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Evan. Thanks again to Dr. Lulu for coming on, and what a great last tip to finish up. If you go to her website, doclulu.com, she definitely has a very spiritual side to her, which I do as well. So I think it's really cool that she integrates that with her practice and helps people in that area as well. I think it's very important to health as someone who's kind of experienced a huge shift um, in that area of my life. And thank you so much for listening to yet another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by FDN Thrive. If you like this content, please consider giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and or Spotify, I should say, because for the longest time, I will admit, I didn't realize that you could leave reviews on Spotify, and we are greatly slacking there. So any help that we can get, we appreciate it very much. I am looking forward to talking to you guys again soon. Take care until then. Thanks for tuning in to the Health Detective Podcast. If you are ready to finally work with a real health detective on your health journey so that you can get well and stay well naturally, visit us at fdmthrive.com and click the Get Started Here button.